Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey everyone, it's Caroline from G-Things Just Bought It, reminding you that in between episodes, you can find me on Instagram at G-Things Just Bought It Pod. You can find products that don't make it onto the episodes and recommendations from listeners like you. So before you start this episode, give it a follow and say hi in the comments. And for a full list of every product we featured on G-Things, visit gthanksjustboughtit.com slash episodes. See you there. Welcome to another episode of G Thanks Just Bought It, the podcast where we talk about what we just bought and what you might need to buy next. I'm your host, Caroline Moss. And if you haven't noticed, I am and have been joined by my guest co-host, Sally Tamarkin, who I usually make introduce themselves. But today I am going to introduce you, Sally. Sally, nice. welcome to the show. Thank you, Caroline. Thrilled to be here, as usual. Sally is going to be joining G Thanks Just Bought It as my co-host for the foreseeable future. The crowd goes wild. The crowd goes wild. Sally heads are Sally heads are screaming. I can hear them screaming. Sally Hive rise up. Sally Hive rise up. You know, I loved. I love doing this podcast. I love it so much. I love talking to new people every week for three full years and not really skipping many weeks that it's a really tall order. Yeah. I mean, when you have a a new person every time, oh boy, that's a lot. Yeah. And there was not, and just so everyone knows, it's not, there was not one guest that made me think never again. Um, But I really wanted, I like building a rapport with people and being able to have someone who, you know, we continue the conversation, we branch off, we come back and everyone, you know, of course, we're going to be talking about the real John Max in this episode. And that's something that we can give you because now we're both here. Um, Not much is going to change beyond the fact that Sally will be here on Fridays um, doing these apps with me. Uh, we are going to update the show graphic to be uh, G Thanks Just Bought It with Caroline Moss and Sally Tamarkin. Um, but like other than that, like you will see Sally in the Facebook group. Um, I highly wreck, you know, following Sally T across all platforms, major, minor and otherwise. Is Let it- me say, can I? Is Can it, I say one thing? Yes. What? No, no. I Did I get the, the handle right is what I was asking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, no. To, okay. So I just want to say, first of all, I'm excited to be here. Second of all, I love the Facebook group. I've 
like bought stuff already people have recommended. <laughs> I, I get to recommend stuff, which is my favorite thing. It's an amazing place. You all rule. Um, I'm, I am on Twitter at Sally T. My Instagram is private and it's kind of a like, it's I, I'm doing a very old timey thing with it, which is that I'm using it the way we used to use Facebook in like 2010, which is to say only people I know in real life do I, I, I love like, that. Follow, follow me there. So I just want to say chic, to anyone who's chic. tried to follow me on Instagram and I haven't accepted, it's not because I don't like want you to follow me on some level, but it's because it's like, you know, I'm doing, I'm, I'm living in the past. The fame um, so, is getting to Sally, you know, like it's, I, yeah, <laughs> I just, I can't take it anymore. I'm going to, my whole next album is going to be about my struggles with fame. Well, at one of the um, retreats we went to with the real John Max, uh, mm-hmm. John, the real John Max did tell us about sort of maintaining that sense of privacy, you know, sure. When faced with becoming a celebrity, something that the real John Max knows a lot about. And so I respect that. I also think like a private Instagram account in 2022 is says like, hi, I have self-control. Like, hi, I am cool. And neither well, of those things say, you know, jibe with me. So um, I'm because a, in a public that forum I, always. I like I post stuff on uh, and it's not it's a way of following me on Instagram. I don't, I don't know why I'm acting like people are clamoring to follow me on Instagram, but I guess I just, I, no, you know, I like this now because I feel like you've now planted a seed where people are going to be, they're going to be like, what is Sally hiding I, on the my, private I, Instagram? I just, all my secrets. Mm-hmm. And I don't want, I know that anonymous has been trying to break into my <laughs> Instagram account for a long time because they're like, they think that there's like hidden messaging yeah. Um, that could be treasonous and all the cat pictures yes. I post. It's supposed, It's basically a cat account. Anonymous has been going after the real John Max for a while now, and people who are Max heads know that. So it mm-hmm. does make sense that Anonymous would be targeting um, colleagues, peers of the real John Max. Of the real John Max. That's just how it is when in when if you're a Max head, <laughs> things get dicey sometimes. That's just how it is. John yeah. Max keeps it real. And I haven't checked, but I would assume that Frank Bissell probably end – Frank HBO both have private Instagram. So you're just you're just being, you know, a hashtag like CEO. Yeah, I'm my girl boss and I'm That's following right. the I'm following the um the example of those that I admire most. Yeah, the men in tra- the fictitious men we have made up that are in charge of the streaming channel. That are in charge of so yeah, many things. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well then don't follow if you really love like a to be negged try to follow Sally on Instagram and uh, yeah. enjoy not being allowed to. Um, but exactly. Sally, I am so happy to have you here. I want this to be an episode where we do some, you know, getting to know you questions. Uh, I realized maybe this would have been more beneficial to let people submit questions and then I could ask them, but <laughs> I will, I will, I will imagine that I, could really, I think I feel like I know what the G thinks. Yeah, I mean, we'll want to know. We know what people would have asked. I mean, right? We always on. do. Yeah, everyone knows that about us. If there's one thing that everyone knows about us, it's that we always know. Mm-hmm. True. Um. So Sally, tell me about uh your like podcasting journey. Okay. So um, I actually the very first podcast I 
worked on was called The Struggle Bus, and it ran from 2014 to 2020, and I co-hosted it with my friend Catherine, and it was an advice show, so people would write in and ask us questions, and we'd give them advice, um, and we would like kind of talk and joke a little bit, um, and it was a, a really good time. We had a Facebook group. Um, actually, the Facebook group, The Struggle Buddies, is still, still going strong. Um, mm-hmm. We ended the podcast in 2020 because um, – it was like a really hard time to do a mental health advice show because of um, it just like after Trump was elected and then the pandemic happened, I was like, I think I'm done here. I think I don't think I have advice for everyone it's other than to please go become an activist and like do something about what's happening. So um, we ended that podcast and then um, I've kind of bopped around to some different things. Um, I currently have a podcast called Oh, I Like That. Um, and G thanks heads might know Rachel Miller, um, Mm -hmm. who has been on this show. Um, and you know, you've been on ours. She and I started, Oh, I like that, um, a podcast about things we like and occasionally things we don't. And then Rachel had to leave because she got an amazing job as the editor in chief of self where I used to work. I'm also a journalist. And, um, so now I am, uh, doing the show by myself with guest co-hosts and like G thanks heads are about to hear a scoop, which is that, um, I'm still figuring out, I mean, it's not a great scoop because it's a scoop without any actual information in it. Um, but scoop so it's heads like, are, scoop heads just love scoops. Scoop so. heads like scoops no matter what. So the scoop yeah. is that like <laughs> the, um, the, so, oh, I like that you know, I think is probably going to, I'm trying to figure out what the future of it is um, because Mm -hmm. it is a lot of work and tough to, you know, record with a new person like every time because you're, you know, you don't know what your uh, rapport is going to be. And, you know, Rachel and I, part of the reason we started the show was because we have so many ongoing conversations um, as friends that we were like, let's do this as a show. And when that, when half of that isn't there anymore, then you're sort of scrambling to figure out what the show is about. And that's not right. what was not on my vision board for this podcast project. So the scoop is that who knows what's going to happen there. But um, so, and then, you know, I have a couple of other podcast irons in the fire. I love hosting podcasts. Um, I love being a guest on podcasts. So um, I have a couple things going on and you may hear more about in the future, but the struggle bus was really um, where it all started. Yeah, you you're like a like a pro. Well, I were mean, were you doing? Sally, I have to ask: Were you doing podcasts before podcasts were even invented? By which I mean, Serial season one, 2014. We invented podcasts, and then Serial <laughs> stole our idea. We have like kind of a Winklevoss <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg relationship. Yeah, I actually I think that we were. Um, what? So when did Serial come out? Fall 2014. Yeah, we started the struggle bus in the summer of 2014. And actually, yeah, I now remember when that happened. I don't think I understood at the time that that was a huge moment for podcasts because I had been really into podcasts. Like I, because I used, I'm not really as much anymore, but I used to be a comedy person. And a lot of comedy people were some of the first people to have podcasts. Um, Mm -hmm. So I got into them. I think kind of probably around close to when podcasts like started. So I didn't really realize how huge of a thing that was. But people do consider like serial season one to be like the, the first podcast. The moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. I think it was definitely the first um 
like, you know, cultural zeitgeisty thing where it was like, you could be on the subway and I was on the subway. (laughs) So this isn't even theoretical. Yeah. This is just a memory. It's a real thing that happened. On like a Tuesday morning or whenever the new episodes would drop. And everyone around you would be listening to the same thing. And it was also of a time pre AirPods. So your phone was always out because the cord is not that long. And so you really could kind of like see. And I'm such a a, like a chatter. Like I love to like chat people up. And so Mm -hmm. if I get a vibe from someone that they're not, you know, like trying to have a quiet moment on the subway, I'm like, I'm listening too. (laughs) You think you killed her? Um, But it is. That was like a real, that was like a real thing. That was definitely the first podcast I ever listened to. So I guess you were sort of like a podcast head pretty early on. Yeah, I was a podcast head. Um, I don't even know. Yeah, I'm trying to think now what what I used to listen to back in those, back in the old days. But um, yeah, what were the first like comedy podcasts? Like what were... I think the first one I listened to was probably Mark Maron's podcast. Wow, yeah. You know, which has been around, I think it's been around since like 2000... Like eight? Is that possible? Mm-hmm. Probably. I'm like, yeah, I said it so definitively. I'm like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it started in 2009. Yeah, yeah so, sure. That too. So yeah, so that I used to listen to. Um, I used to listen to this podcast called Professor Blastoff, which Tig Notaro had it. It ended in mm-hmm. like 2014 or 2016 or something like that. I loved that. Um, I listen not a comedy podcast, but one of the ones I listened to back in the the olden days was Stuff You Should Know, which is still around. Sure, yeah, and I I loved that. That started in like two thousand eight. Um, I'm trying to remember. I would have to really, which I can do if you want, because through the magic of audio editing, your editor can edit out me taking time to think about what I listened to back then. Do you want me to do that, or do you want to just leave it? As you know, is? I love leaving things as is. It just makes people. I love that tweet that's like, you'll never feel, you'll never get more of the experience of feeling like a ghost than when two people on a podcast are talking and they're saying something incorrect <laughs> and you're screaming the right answer at them and they can't hear you. That is um, so extremely <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So I want to give everyone that experience, but yeah, I, but we, but you can also send me all the ones that you listen to. I can put them in the show notes. I just think it's interesting that you were so early to it. Uh, I feel like sometimes I consider myself an early adopter or adapter. What's the what's the phrase? Really really adopt early adopt. I think it's really adopter. Both makes sense. So we could just say that adopter. it's both now. Yeah. I think both heads know that it yeah, is both. It's both. So, yeah. Uh, but I was not early to podcasting whatsoever. I, I loved this American life. And actually, one of the first things I spent money on in the app store mm-hmm. when I had my first smartphone was the This American Life app, which was $2.99. And it was just access to all the This American Life episodes. Um, they had their own app. I don't think I knew that. Right. That's a, that's a really good... Like, uh, I'll pay for it. That's fine. It's a good scam. It's for a podcast totally. to have its own app. I know. I'm like, why did I... Th- like, this was just pre-Spotify everything. So right. Totally. That's cool that you were listening to podcasts at a time where none of us were really carrying around devices that allowed us to listen to podcasts all the time. So like, yeah. there's something to be said for that. What was I listening to my podcast? I guess like iPods or something. Oh, right. Because you you would like sync them with your computer or something. Right. I feel like. Um, but, you know, I didn't listen to Serial like when it was on. I listened to it later and I missed that whole zeitgeist, which is a bummer because it was like, I mean, you know, it's that weird thing with like true crime where it's like appointment 
TV or appointment listening, or whatever. And it's actually like incredibly sad, but it was like a, a moment that I, that I totally missed out on. You know, you could go back to it. I did a, a serial season one re-listen, um, in the beginning of the pandemic, it was sort of a thing that I, cause I love like a narrative podcast. I'm mm-hmm. a sucker for like a real, uh, produced, mm. you know, like mm-hmm. just, sound the sound engineering of mm-hmm. it all uh so i really but i also didn't want any surprises so i needed to go back and listen to something that was like totally. okay i know how this ends um there it's it doesn't hold up in terms of like the, it the problematic of it all is problematic yeah. I, but I mean, it I, is interesting i remember thinking that when my, my partner and i listened after it had been out for a couple of years. And even then we were like, eh. I mean, only because it has, it has that NPR sheen of like trying to, it, it, where it like, it's like politely very problematic. And, and <laughs> yeah. there's this like, like, what, we're just asking questions. Right. Totally. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I can only imagine that like, even later than that, it would have felt even more sort of culturally off. It's hard to go back to something like serial season one because what made it so pure, and I I feel this way about reality TV shows as well, is that everyone was trying to be serial for like the first three years after serials. There was like so many podcasts that were like, you know, unsolved crime. Like, did this really happen? It's it's like you just trying to make lightning strike twice. Um, and unfortunately kind of did like a lot of people got into S town and I hated S town. I hated that so much. I, I hate, I thought oh there my was God. so much wrong with it. So I much wrong with it. it. And you know what? It, it was part of this like micro genre of podcasts, which mm-hmm. I would describe as like 30 something white upper middle class dude has an idea or a niche interest and, mm. and just makes a podcast about it. Uh, and like, I, I loathe that genre, like, and, and sorry to like name specifics, which you can edit out if you want, Caroline. No, but like, you gotta, no, tell your truth. There, there was that one about, um, Richard, uh, wh- wh- why am I blanking on his name? Oh, Richard Simmons. Richard Simmons. Richard Simmons that like, yep. I felt was weirdly like intrusive and invasive and extremely weird. Yeah, extremely weird. Like there, there are just these little like, um, kind of like a dude's pet projects. And I know S Town mm-hmm. was, was fiction and stuff, but it was still, mm-hmm. it still had that kind of um, like smarmy dynamic of looking in on the other. That I just, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. And that whole genre, I think you're right. Like I think it spawned. I mean, it definitely, I mean, I don't, I'm saying definitely, and I don't actually know this to be the case, but it seems like it spawned the like, um, things like my favorite murder and those kinds of podcasts, right? Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the order was, but it definitely spawned the like navel gaziness of like the true crime genre of which law and order SVU heads know I love law and order. Like totally. I'm very, that's, and I'm not, I wasn't even there. Like, it's not like I've been watching Law and Order since 1998, um, but I, I like true crime. Like I get it. It is interesting. It is also just everything. It just like it, it went from being like a thing that like oh like cool documentary about this or like oh here's a question I had about this thing or like oh interesting. Ca-. But not every case can be as nuanced. And I feel like one of the things that all of the true crime 
stuff does is like he, they it's like hearing zebras what's that saying it's like when you hear uh hooves think horses not zebras right, it's like right, they're right, going totally. at, it's like just to make an interesting story you're trying to explore like, all these unlikely things when like usually true crime a, a, an interesting true crime story or like an unsolvable true crime honestly comes down to like moronic local police departments <laughs> who like screw up a case and therefore yeah. it's, it's not like oh this can't be solved it's like oh you didn't do your job and therefore like this can't be solved it's not right. like, like yeah. it's not that this criminal was like a, a mastermind it's that the cops were stupid right um, it's like yeah the cops were either <laughs> like did their job poorly or were corrupt and terrible or both exactly but it's like yeah. not that interesting yeah totally it, it's never about like a serial killer who is like so slick and so sociopathic and so smart that they were able to get away with this it's like oh yeah i mean i don't know so going off topic i'm just thinking about watching those like jean benet documentaries that came out a few years ago and it, it like the first thing they say was that, um, you know, she she was purportedly like kidnapped from her home, right? And the first thing the cops do is literally open the doors of the home, and like family and friends like walked in and out, oh and like everyone. <laughs> it's like okay, well, this isn't that it's, and that case made headlines for years and years and years, and it's like okay, well, you can actually just trace all of that back to the <laughs> cops not knowing what to do, and also like if you ever seen one one true crime documentary, you know that a thing that ruins crime scenes is when cops like walk through it and like handle things and like don't set things aside. So if you're a cop, mm -hmm. don't you think the first thing you would do is be like, you know what, let me preserve. I mean, even I know that you have to preserve a crime scene. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. Law and order SV university. Um, and that's where I went and got my PhD. Proud, proud alum. <laughs> Let's go crime heads i don't know what but, their mascot would be go crimeys um, or something yeah right i can only think the uh, a good uh, narrative podcast about tr crime though i thought was in the dark um oh i don't know that one so this was from american public media and worth listening to if you are looking for something in this genre, either you, Sally, or anyone listening, or all the children listening. Mm -hmm. um, but it is uh, the the investigation into the abduction of um, Jacob Wetterling, which oh, I don't know this was, at all. This is actually it's really interesting. It is the case that was the conduit for the sex offender registry and oh. why that is good, but also why that is bad. And it kind of like goes into, it takes this crime and through telling the story of this crime and how the, and it like literally by episode two, they're like the cops really bungled this, um, <laughs> which I appreciated, but it really also sort of takes into account why the sex offender registry is so problematic. It's like mm -hmm. a very, it's like, it's a really interesting, I thought not gazy look. Oh, that's at cool. Something that is actually interesting. Um, did you ever, and because uh, Sally and Dan have so much in common, I feel like I know what your answer is going to be. Did you watch on Netflix? Now I can't remember. What was that like mockumentary true crime About the show? school? Yeah, with the dicks. Yeah, I did. I watched the first season. Um, oh, hey, did you love it? 
I liked it. Yeah. The second season was about American like, Vandal. American, American Vandal. Vandal. The second season. It was season about poop, and I don't was, like that. It was like, yeah, I was like, this is this is like not my sense of humor. So of course, yeah. dick, dicks are about poopism. I don't know. Go figure. But That's right. um, I did, and I liked it. Um I I tend to like, I mean, that's its own thing because it's like a satire, but I don't the, I, I'm, I don't really consider myself a, a true crime head, but when something is like well done and there's a lot of cultural context, I really mm-hmm. like it because it isn't, you know, it, it decreases the chances that it's going to be super navel, navel gazy. And also like, did you see, did you watch OJ Made in America, that documentary? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, did you like it? I did. Yeah. You know, oh, okay. I, I liked it. Like, Again, though, that that was a time where I that was all I watched was I don't know. I think I I think I really like oversaturated myself. I say I say you were like a, in a true crime moment. I, I mean, yeah. the reason I really like OJ Made in America is because it's like a four part documentary that goes deeply into so many so much of the cultural context around race and racism and and also just a bunch of other things. So it's like I because I I get sort of. Um, a lot of times when you're listening, when I'm listening to like a true crime podcast or watching a true crime documentary, it feels like they're not like a huge part of the story is not being told. Like, mm-hmm. um, whether it's like, whether it has to do with like socioeconomic status or race or like misogyny or something like that. I just like, mm-hmm. and, and that bothers me because it feels really incomplete to me. And then I'm like, why are we, what, what is this project? Are we then, are we just like telling stories because it's like kind of it's entertaining to hear and and that's like fine I don't mean to say that like no one should ever listen to this stuff or anything I'm really just talking about like what my own like interest is for this kind of stuff and it's like I think that this one that you mentioned in the dark I would be into because it sounds like there's a lot of like context and table setting yes and different voices and I think Mm -hmm. what you said earlier about how all these podcasts became just white men being like, what? I'm curious. Like, it just doesn't cover the whole story. The Onion did a great also parody podcast called A Very Fatal Murder that makes fun of just this exact thing, Um, which is, you know, uh, Onion Public Radio correspondent David Pascal from New York City goes to the sleepy town of Bluff Springs, Nebraska Nebraska, to investigate the death. But half of the episode is him going through different deaths and being like, uh no, I don't really like that one. Like trying to find like that's incredible. You you should listen to that. Anyone should listen to that if you if you loved cereal, but now like almost ten years later, you're looking back being like, yeah, like yeah, yeah, problems. This really it captures kind of all the. It's also it's also just so funny because there's I know that there's a one segment where you know he the the actor who's playing this guy on the onion podcast is having a conversation with the victim's parents and the victim's parents are getting like super emotional. And the, and the host is like, sorry, can you hold on a sec? Um, Casper makes mattresses. (laughs) (laughs) That's incredible. Can you, can you stop crying? I have to do an ad. It's like, it's very funny. It's very funny. I'm going to listen to that. That's, that's really, really good. That is a jarring thing. Like those, that continues to uh, fresh direct. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Or like, this is a product I use. It's like some something totally grisly. And then it's like mm-hmm. a very peppy voice being like telling you about this amazing product. <laughs> yeah. When I need a smoothie in the morning, I get my daily harvest. Totally. Um, I love that. I, I love, oh, I like that. I think one of the reasons why this made so much sense besides the fact that we 
our friends and have been in a group chat since the beginning of the pandemic was that there is so much, oh, I like that and gee, thanks crossover. Totally. Um, and it felt like a really good fit. And yeah, and Sally is like a, a pro podcaster, early adopt dapter <laughs> and um, adapt adopter head. Mm-hmm. And and I'm just lucky to have you here. It, it makes it just so much fun and you and I both have had the experience of just a new guest every week can sometimes be really uh exhausting and it also sometimes yeah. changes the tenor of the episode week by week not in a bad way but it the consistency is it, the consistency all has to fall on you that that means totally exactly you know exactly and yeah and you don't know what you're there are people who are like awesome out there who I mean I'll speak for myself not for you because you actually haven't you haven't said anything like this to me, but in my experience is like, there are people that you might think are like amazing and that do cool work or are very cool, or even that you're really good friends with. And then you get on the mic and you realize that like, you don't have chemistry or it's hard to find sure. a rhythm or they have a different comfort level than you or whatever. And that's also kind of like its own thing. And again, like that's just in my experience doing, doing, oh, I like that. Yeah. I haven't had that experience with you thinks thankfully, but also like, it's not, unheard of to feel like there is a level of onness that I just cannot produce every single week after three years. Yeah, 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 totally. It's and a lot. So it's, it's a lot. I like that if you're, if you can come to the table half on and I can come to the table half on, then together one light bulb can be lit. One, one is that we have one on. Unit, that is one another real on. John Max quote. And I know that you know that. I do. I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, we've both read all every installment of all, his memoirs, all, all of his self-help books. books. Mm-hmm. John Max for dummies. We're such one real John Max heads. Oh, God, so good. <laughs> we really are. So, good. <laughs> so Sally, you and I met, we both worked at BuzzFeed, but we didn't meet there. Uh, Rachel actually put us together in a group chat that started out has had many names since, mm-hmm. but just mm-hmm. to give some people, give people the context of our friendship, we were selling sunset heads and yeah, that's, we, that was the original. That was it. That was the one where it was like, Rachel was having various conversations with different friends about selling sunset and was like, I am going to consolidate this into one conversation. And that's where that group, that group chat came to be. And it's like it's definitely my mo- my most robust group chat. We do a secret Santa. Yes. We, I mean, we've gone through. We've done like um, what did we did we? Yeah, we watched like did we, we watch watched Waiting, Waiting for Guffman yeah. in the early stages of the pandemic? We're talking pre fall twenty twenty. We all synced up Waiting for Guffman on Facetime together. Such a and lifeline. Just yelled oh out the quotes to each other, just, which was so fun. Yeah, and. And just like, and then, and then another, have two seasons of Selling Sunset come out since we started? Literally three. We start, we started this group chat at the end of season two. And now we have been through season five. And I'm not going to lie. There are some Selling Sunset heads in the group who you might've been one of them dipped out of Selling Sunset. I I dipped out. I dipped out. I was like, something weird about the most recent season. Like, first of all, I want to just say that like, I think that anyone who wants to get plastic surgery, Godspeed, do what you want to do. And yeah. also, 
I find it genuinely unnerving. And to maybe Michelle's face. Yeah, like because there's something <laughs> about it that looks it's like when you're looking at it's like the uncanny valley thing. It's like mm-hmm. you you look like hyper real, you look like a video game character. I don't know. And and it's not that I'm not saying like I didn't want to look at their faces and that's why I didn't watch. I didn't watch because it, it got I I felt so I feel so like weird about watching these people get increasingly more estranged from humanity as they get like more famous. Do you know what I mean? They're seeing right now is, you know, first you see the Kardashians and then every time you open Instagram, it's like, is that a Kardashian? No, it's Chriselle. Is that a Kardashian? No, it's a bachelorette contest contestant rather. And I think, I think what has not really been present in the culture that I think is now very present is, you know, when you see a, a photo of a sort of generic hot woman from the eighties and nineties, there are things about them that tell you exactly what year it is. You know, it's like, or or not even, you know what? It's not even that it's like when you see, it's like the, what we are seeing is I think another sort of cycle of, of the like playboy bunny thing. Like at Mm, at some mm -hmm. point, in the late 90s, early 2000s, every woman had bleach blonde hair and massive tits and just really, really tan. And it didn't look weird mm-hmm. because that's what they all looked like. And I think one day soon we will be able to look at this and be like, wow, everyone looked exactly the same. It's so I think true. we're just getting to a point where it's now registering as strange to see. You're totally right. That's so interesting. I think that's exactly right. And it's like, it's definitely one of those things where whenever people make the argument that like, oh, like this is really bad, but 10 years ago it was better. Like this thing is so weird. But when I was growing up, this thing was better. I always find that to be highly suspect because Mm -hmm. it's, you know, your bias of like your generation and what seems normal to you and all that stuff. So it's, it's not even like, I, I, I'm out here being like, this has gotten out of hand. It's more just that it's like, you're right. Like we, we're always in a specific era. The specific era we're in right now is now like hitting a certain way. Right. And it's just not for me. You right. Know? And you never really realize it. What I remember a thing I said to my mom, because you know, how like there are things that you've said or like things that you've thought that like just stick with you forever. And you're like, why do I remember that? Like, this was a thought I had, but I remember like mm-hmm, saying mm-hmm. to my mom in the nineties, like, it's weird that this is the only like decade where like people dress normally. <laughs> like that's how, <laughs> that's how I like, I was like, first everyone wore bell bottoms. Then everyone wore like neon clothing. And now finally everyone's dressing normally. <laughs> everyone's normally. That's so funny. But I think that all the time while also knowing that that is a you know, nonsensical thought. Like I was thinking it when I was watching Desperate Housewives Mm -hmm. and I was like, I can't believe how low the waists are. Thank goodness we dress normally now. And then I was like, if what are, and then I was like wondering what is it that we're going to see in like 20 years? Like that, what is it? what is it we're going to see from now in 20 years where we're like, people dress like that? I I don't know. What do you think it's going to be? I think it'll be like the really... Oh, you know what? Nora uh, McInerney and I had this. It's going to be the the nap dresses. 
it's I don't know. I have to look at what it's it's going to be like is. the fl- the flowy floral sort of like American Girl doll, Little House on the Prairie, oh, yeah, 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 a style that totally. I love and I own. So this is not this is not says nothing about anyone who wears it. But I think we will look back and be like, oh yeah, that was twenty twenty one. Like we were all totally wearing yeah, a nap yeah. dress. I mean, you look. I look back at the Real Housewives. Um in the 2010s and everyone's wearing like really chunky necklaces and like, it's just, that's so funny to me now, but at the time did not mean anything. You just have to get some distance from it. It's true. Yeah. The, in the Woodstock 99 documentary, the strappy tanks, it was like, everyone was wearing those spaghetti strap tanks. Um, and then the, the dudes were all wearing, like very baggy pants. Um, yeah, like cargo shorts. And you, you forget how baggy pants were in the nineties. It's because they if were you really wore, if you were a man and you wore pants that fit you, you were gay, and that is what that meant. That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> Which a, a bit of wisdom that that stands to this day. Yeah, I mean, every time Dan and I are watching anything on television that happened that was like filmed before 2012 and which is like kind of all we watch we scream big pants at the tv because it's, they're always wearing the, like men it fe- hey fellas is going to a tailor gay like these men are just in these huge clothing just just huge pants, huge pants. i know i was um as you know i've been watching veronica mars mm-hmm. so i can write a newsletter about it which reminds me i was supposed to put out a newsletter today and I didn't because I was so mad at the episode I had to watch. I decided I couldn't write about it. But um, in the last episode I watched, um, which is like episode 18 of season one, there's this one scene where Wallace is wearing these cargo pants that are so humongous and are so bunched up at the bottom. And he's standing in a park on the grass. And you can see that the first like five inches of the cuffs are dirty from like being basically like walked on, which is like one of my most salient memories from high school was like walking on the back of my pants constantly. Yes. And it's just Um, like dirt. And, and then there'd be like a a hole, they'd rip. Oh yeah. They'd rip. And so there's nothing we can do about this. There's nothing we can do. No, there's no, no one can possibly think of how to solve this problem. And so the front of your jeans would just they would they would look overly long, but they would look normal, like they would have a, a hem, and then the back would look like some some beast had like chewed off the back yeah. of the cups. Do you yeah. know what I mean from walking Absolutely. on it? Absolutely. And that was just sort of. And I remember at some at one point in the nineties being like, why don't they just like make pants where the 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 front is way longer than the back, and then that wouldn't happen. I just you know, I mean, it, it was a weird time. It was a weird time. I love that. That's where you went. That's where you went. I was like, fashion is perfect. Make the pants work for the fashion era that we're in. In seventh grade, this girl in my grade, another thing that I will like never forget that will haunt me till the day I die. She turned to me and mm-hmm. she goes, isn't it crazy that everything's already been invented already? Except for maybe like a remote control for your computer. <laughs> and even then I was like, I don't think that's true. I don't think that doesn't sound <laughs> I don't right. think that everything that is supposed to be invented has already been invented. I think that takes away from the absolute meaning of invention and <laughs> why we invent. And that's when I knew she have you was dumb. Kept tabs? Oh, yeah. have I kept tabs? Uh, have you on kept her? tabs on this person? Yes, I have, Sally. Yeah. And I'm afraid 
similar to the real John Max head. So we're going to just yeah. go blowing down John Max's door, similar to the people who are trying desperately to, to be able to look at your Instagram account. I am going to have to tell uh-huh. you what she's up to off camera oh, because oh, great, I want to respect oh, her God, privacy, so but it is very funny. Um, let it be known that not everything was invented in 1999. Not sure if you guys knew that. Um, most things, <laughs> just not all most of them. things. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Sally, before we head off from this sort of just get-to-know-you get to know us, selling sunset heads, just real John mm-hmm. Max quotes. I want to play two mm-hmm. truths and a lie. Great. And I'm, uh, I have two truths and a lie. You have two truths and a lie. And I want to know if we can hit the nail on the head for each other. Would yes. you like to go first or would you like me to go first? How about if you go first? Okay. Um, all right. Okay. Uh, I am allergic to nectarines. Okay. I was pre-med for two years in college. And Martin Shkreli bought carolinemoss.com because he was mad at me about a tweet I wrote about him. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> I think that... I know. So I am cheating a little bit because I think I remember from the group chat. I think that the Martin Shkreli thing is true. It is true. Yeah, that's fucking amazing. <laughs> um, and I think that you I, – I think that my gut is that you weren't pre-med, but I think – that it's for that reason that I'm going to guess that it's true. Like, because it seems so surprising to me that you would have been remad. So I'm going to say that the lie is that you're allergic to nectarines. Ding, ding, ding. You got it. That's crazy. I thought that that would stump. I don't think anyone could look at me and think for sure pre-med, but I was, and I, and I did not, there's a reason why it was only two years and not four. (laughs) Yeah. So what happened? Were you like, this isn't for me? Or were you like, this is really hard? Like what was the deal? I was like, I don't, uh, it was really difficult, and I felt that other people around me were actually enjoying it, despite how difficult it was, whereas I was like, I, see. I hate this. So uh, like any person, I went into journalism, <laughs> and I nice. was enjoying it, um, even though everyone in that major should be hating it at all times, but I loved it. So it made sense for me. Incredible. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. I have no, I have no known food allergies, so... Nice. That's, I don't think I do. I don't think I really do. No, I don't either. Uh, Andre's allergic to kiwis, which is like. Interesting. Yeah. And so sometimes if we're like having dinner 
with if someone's like cooking for us, they'll be like, any food allergies we should know about? And I'll be like, kiwi. And they're always like, oh, I guess I won't make that kiwi chicken. I'm like, all right, I got it. (laughs) Well, you never want to not say it because you're really not. That's the thing because what if someone is like, oh, I just made this amazing like kiwi pudding. I don't even know what you make with kiwi. It's like you asked and here's the the damn answer. Get off my dick. Yeah, exactly. No, kiwi heads, no. Kiwi heads, no. Kiwi heads now. Um, and I, the Martin Shkreli story for another day, but he did buy carolinemoss.com and called me a liberal, a crying liberal SJW. That's all the websites have. Listen, if the shoe fits, uh, d- does he still be- own the URL? Uh, no, I don't think they let him own URLs from prison. Oh, right. um, <laughs> Good call. Uh, no, I think he lost the domain, but I don't, I still don't own it. I think he might. It, uh, he did not re-up it, but I still can't access it for some reason. It was really, it was really a wild ride. That that also being said, Sally, that the fact that I still say Leah Michelle is my nemesis and not Martin Shkreli says how much I hate Leah Michelle. That really tells you something. Um, it's true. It totally does. But Martin Shkreli was mad at me because I tweeted when he was uh, when he came out wearing that hoodie. Um, being like led out of court or into court, I tweeted the lyrics to, you know, there's vomit on his sweater already. Oh, yeah, that's spaghetti. amazing. But instead of mom's spaghetti, I wrote Martin Shkreli. And that is like, I think I deleted it because I think I like wiped all of my tweets, but that had like hundreds of thousands of retweets. And it would, every time he was in the news, that tweet would get more retweets. Oh, and I think at some point he amazing. just got so, he got mad so mad about it that he bought. <laughs> it's actually kind of a great own. I will give it to him. Martin Shkreli, good one. It is. I'll it's good. I mean, it's it's off the beaten path. It's better than it like is. trying to – that's not a war you're going to win on Twitter. And so the fact that he knew that and he took it off Twitter to a whole other medium yeah. I think is is smart. And that's when I became a Shkreli head. And that's so, right. That's Lifelong Shkreli Okay. <laughs> okay. Your turn. I'm really – I'm excited. And also, there's nothing that makes me more nervous than two truths and a lie because I'm always afraid I'm going to get something wrong. Um. Okay. Here we go. Um. I can only tie my shoes with the bunny ears method. Okay. I've been on roller coasters in nine different states. I once totaled two cars in the same day. (gasps) Okay. I really want – I once totaled two cars in the same day to be true. So I'm going to come back to that in a second. I will will not – that is so fun as long as everyone's safe. That is so funny that I need that to be true. Okay. Roller coaster. I don't know that I know you as a roller coaster head. And I know that in our group chat, there have been things that have come up where either some people have gone to like Coney Island. I know I went on rides at Disneyland and I don't remember any point you saying anything like, oh, this roller coaster is epic as a roller coaster head. The bunny ears thing is so specific and cute that, okay, I think the bunny ears thing is true. Okay. Is it true? Yes, it is. Oh, you're, oh my gosh. Okay. So now, now I just have to determine the lie. Roller coaster in nine states totaled two cars in the same day. The only thing giving me pause about totaling two cars in the same day is that I know that you are a health and safety head. And that feels like a real far cry 
but it also could have been the day you became a health and safety head. Oh, and also roller coasters don't necessarily scream safety head to me either. Okay, I am going to say, oh, I don't know. This is actually so hard. I am going to say that you have been on roller coasters in nine different states and you did not total two cars in the same day and I'm crossing my fingers. The truth is that I (gasps) totaled two cars in one day. I thought that was too far out to be real. I know, I know. Is that the day that you became a safety head? You know, honestly. Or are you just a goddamn hypocrite? I'm just a goddamn hypocrite. It just was like a really weird, two like totally freak accidents, which I can tell you the story of if you want. Um, I think you have to. I feel I like do. people okay, are okay. This is not two accidents in one day. This is I totaled two cars mm-hmm. in the same 24-hour period. Yeah, I mean, in the same like 12-hour yeah, period, have, to be honest. I think you're going to have to tell us everything okay. that we need to know. And let me just tell you, good job recalling like roller coaster stuff with me because I've never been on a roller coaster. I don't ever <gasps> want to be on a roller coaster. So you're right. Anytime okay. it's come up in the group chat, I never have had anything to contribute. And it is totally... <laughs> If you've ever picked up that I'm like risk averse, um, you were right because I'm totally yes, scared of roller I, coasters. I think, but the the wow, that's a good, that's a really good one. Okay, um, yeah, okay, okay. Yes, no. So the story is that I was driving to this had to be like 2000, like seven or something like that. I was driving to okay. Ithaca, New York, from where I lived in New Haven. Connecticut. I was with, um, I had, I had met up with a friend and the person I was dating at the time and we drove back the next day and it was, um, I was, did I say I was borrowing my dad's car? I had my own car, Oh boy! but I didn't think that my car, which was like an old Subaru station wagon would have made it to on the road trip. So I borrowed my dad's car. Okay. We're driving back and it's like 40 degrees. And I don't know if you know this, but this is what I learned this day. The danger of black ice is not when it's like super duper freezing cold. The danger of black ice is when the weather starts to warm up a little bit and the ice that was frozen starts to melt, but there's still ice underneath it. And so it's really slippery. I didn't know anything about black ice at the time. Yes. Yes. Black ice heads. Black ice heads. No, you all know that. Uh Okay. So I was driving home and we slid on black ice and we like slid across the highway. I was like, I'm about to die. I was like, I'm definitely not. It was so scary. And we slid into the guardrail, um, after crossing a lane and just kind of slid along the guardrail and the car was totaled. It was just like, I tried to, I called my dad and he was like, listen, as long as no one's hurt, it's okay. Just like drive at home. I was like, oh yeah, no, this car can't be driven home. So (laughs) about that. Yeah. About that. So we got towed to this place and we were like, well, how the hell are we going to get back from Ithaca? And the, the tow place was like, you know, we can tow you all the way back, but we can't do it. Uh, it was a few hours, like several hours. And they were like, we can't do it until, like later in the day. So you just have to wait. And so we waited, like the accident happened in the morning. We waited like a bunch oh, of God. hours. And then we just like drove back with some random dude in his truck and he towed the sure. car. Safe. Safety heads. Safety, Safety great, heads. Just no. a lot of great decisions <laughs> being made. So he was driving us back to New Haven and 
the plan was to drop off my dad's car at the uh, like the shop, and then my parents were going to meet me there and drop off my car to me so I could go home. So okay. we do that. That happens. And, you know, we've just been in this like very scary accident on the highway and then spent all day sitting around in like the cold. And I don't think we, I don't think the accident was in Ithaca. I think it was like somewhere between Ithaca and New Haven, but we were, you know, we were hungry, we were tired. We had just had like a very scary day. And so we decided that on the way home, uh, we were going to stop for dinner, my, my girlfriend and I. And so we did, we had dinner. And then we're driving home, uh, like 15-minute drive home. We're at a stoplight, and it's raining out. And all of a sudden, someone absolutely slams into the back of our car. Now this is my car I'm in. (gasps) Slams into it. We lurch forward. My girlfriend at the time gets out of the car and is on the – no one was hurt, by the way, in any of these. I should have said that up front. She was, she was screaming at, at the top of her lungs. Like she was just so, we, our nerves were like so afraid. The dude just like drives away. Um, and I'm just like, oh I can't get out of the car. The car is like crunched forward. And so like the doors are jammed. And so finally, like I got out and, you know, I called my parents and I was like, hey guys, like it was like midnight by now or 11 or something like that. And they were asleep. And I was like, you guys, I'm really sorry to bother you, but like, we're getting towed home. I was in an accident and my mom was like, honey, like you were already in an accident. That happened earlier. And I was like, no, 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 this was another accident. <laughs> and they're like, uh oh, like something happened that she has amnesia. Totally. I know, I know, I know. Like, oh my God, that accident. She must have really taken a hit to the head. She doesn't remember. So then, like, so my car was totaled. We, um, I, and it was really funny because I had just ordered – someone had hit my car while it was parked and took the side view mirror off. And so I had just like oh. – I had just ordered a new side view mirror. And so we had the car towed to the shop and I like left him a voicemail. It's like, hey, you're going to see my car in the lot. You'll notice that I don't need that side view mirror anymore because the car was like it, – it was like a station wagon that had been turned into like a hatchback. Um And it turned out, so what's wild is that the dude who hit us was drunk and he went to like a club and like went into the club to like party and um, got caught (laughs) Um, and and, uh, it ended up like, you know, it was scary to drive after that for a little while, but it ended up fine and um, Geico reimbursed me for the value of my car. So that was nice. But yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a, that wild is actually a sponsor. This, this is a sponsor. Wow. Wow. I mean, I really, have you been in an accident since? Have you like, um, I've been not really. I mean, like we got like sideswiped once when we were in Cambridge and then actually just the other day, someone like tapped our bumper, but nothing, nothing like that. I mean, that, that those two were definitely the scariest accidents I've ever been in. And they happened <laughs> literally within, within hours of each other. I thought that like oh. when the guy slammed into us from behind, I was like, there was a mistake earlier in the day. We were supposed to die and it didn't happen. And so now the universe is like correcting itself and it's happening now. It was, it was, Oh, no. It was oh, so no, scary. Sally. I know. It was so, because That's, I hope you just met your quota. You know I what know, I mean? I hope like, so. it just everything, ha- like Final Destination esque type shit. God, I hope so. You know, that's wild. Yeah. I, and, and I mean, I will say that, like, maybe that wasn't 
Maybe that was the moment I became a safety head. I mean, I've definitely always been pretty risk averse, but now anytime, like Andrea will go like to run an errand that's like a mile away and I'm like, drive carefully. And she's like, okay, I will. Totally. You know? Yeah. Look, I, uh, I'm often, and I don't say this probably, but I'm just speaking my truth. Like I often put my seatbelt on like a quarter of a mile down the road. <gasps> Caroline. Uh, it's like something I do like while I'm already driving. Mm-hmm. Not not never, never farther than that. Mm-hmm. But if I'm in Dan's car and he's driving and my seatbelt is not like he will not. He like does a seatbelt check. before. I love that. By. My grandma used to do that. She wouldn't oh. even turn the car on until our seatbelts were on. I love that so much. That's so interesting because that generation didn't have seatbelts. And like the only stories my mom has ever told me about being in the car with her parents is that like all six kids like took up the three back seats and the infant was like between them <laughs> yeah like just wed- so wedged in there and everyone was like drinking and driving so the fact that your grandma was like very into seatbelts is uh I come from a long line of safety heads yeah it's in your blood it is it totally is well Sally that is um I will one day try to convince you to get on a roller coaster and I'll use data and statistics to back it up. I'm we'll so see. scared. Oh, don't be. I did get I on a Ferris too. wheel. Oh, Ferris um, wheels are much scarier than roller coasters. You, well, but like the Ferris wheel, we were on it and I was like, I was like, is this like a roller coaster except it, the roller coaster goes faster and higher. So it seems like it would be scarier. Mm-mm. No, the roller coaster is moving so fast that you cannot process anything that's scaring you. Whereas a Ferris wheel, you're just like swinging in midair for what seems like hours. It it was a it was swinging in midair for what felt like longer than we were meant to swing in midair. Yeah, that's I will totally (laughs) stipulate that. I uh I I, well that will the um I'm writing down a note that just says let's talk about rides and theme park experiences for another episode. But I I will as a once very afraid of rides person now very into rides um oh that's so interesting and and okay. something that happened in my adulthood not like i was afraid as a child i was afraid as an adult and then somehow flipped a switch um interesting and okay. i feel like i could get you there too a-, a lot of it is because of fear of like unsafe circumstances which is why there are things i won't like i will not go on a roller coaster at six flags I've seen yeah, too many totally. headlines that are like these people have been up there for twelve years and they can't, they like can't. Hop they live there now. They but just Disney, if you ever find yourself at Disneyland, nothing bad's gonna happen to you at Disney. I truly believe because shit is just like really well built and taken care of. Yeah, like or you know you yeah they're just it's meticulously safe because their stock would plummet otherwise. You know like oh, that right, is right. their totally. whole thing like. Every there can bad things happen at Six Flags, and if something bad happens at Disney, like we said, like we're litigious, like Sue Frank Disney and Sue Frank Disney, <laughs> Frank Disney heads now. Sally, I'm thrilled that we're continuing um, this podcast together. It feels me great. too. Thank and you for having me. I have so much fun every single time we record. It's so fun. It's and and I we have a meeting with our um, mentor, the real. John Max uh, today, who's also our therapist mm-hmm. slash mediator. Um, and yeah. I look forward to sort of telling him about how I'm feeling about this, which is really good. And I think he'll be too, really yeah. excited to hear it. So he'll be really excited. I feel like we followed so much of his advice. Yeah. And that's why we're finding so much success. Right. Under his now. eye. And by his, his I mean the real John. Right. <laughs> under the, the real, real John, John Max's eye. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
I just, if you guys have any questions for Sally, uh, please submit. Um, and I'm so sorry that she's not going to let you follow uh, her Instagram. <laughs> you are missing sorry. out on really good cat content. Uh, but otherwise, you know, stay tuned. We've got, we've got uh, ideas aplenty. So mm-hmm. hopefully... I don't know. The feedback of, of you being here has been so great that I'm not even going to say, like, hopefully you're enjoying it. I know. I'm having a blast. Oh, you're saying it. to the listener. I hope yeah. the G thanks heads are into it. Yeah, I no, really hope they are because they are. you guys are such a like a robust community and I can tell you all have really good taste because of all the things that you buy and recommend for each other. So it's like a high bar and I and I hope to I hope to meet it. Uh, look, you and your trapper keeper and you know that thing that you're going to buy on eBay. What was that toy? That toy we talked about on the first episode? Oh, yeah, the, the monster track or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, tr- it was like the a track. Ugh. Robot track? No, robot. So- well, this is, this is a great ending. So we're like, what? Huh? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> this is really good radio. <laughs> yeah, I thought Big we were just track. like doing it in a fun callback. Big track. Yeah, but we were like, <laughs> we don't remember what it's called. Yeah, the big track. Yeah, no. All right. Well, then we will see everyone for another episode uh, in the coming weeks. I might take uh, a week or two and do some rerun episodes. It's just the end of August. And you guys know nice. Summerheads now. Sometimes you just got to take a break. And then in September, it can be like the start of school, you know, like new Start of school. We got year. the holidays coming up. There's the a lot. holidays. There's so much coming up. And I'm a real holiday head. So I know. Tuned. I can't wait to to talk to you about all that. It's, it's going to be and everything. It's going to be great. Sally, stay out of cars stay safe i promise keep that seatbelt on and uh, i will talk to you real soon thanks everyone for listening thank you you just listened to another episode of do things just bought it edited and mixed by veronica gruba and produced and hosted by me caroline moss in between episodes, you can always head to the G Thanks Instagram at G Thanks Just Bought It Pod and the G Thanks Facebook group to get and give life changing recommendations of your own. Subscribe to our weekly sale and discount emails at gthanks.substack.com. It's free. And you can reach me at caroline at gthanksjustboughtit.com or leave me a message at 424 245 0736 with a product recommendation, and you may be featured on an upcoming episode. G-Thanks is powered by subscribers like you. To keep all of our G-Thanks content free and accessible to all, consider making a monthly donation of $2 to keep us going at patreon.com slash G-Thanks and friends.